The Rwanda-Uganda relations start a new chapter today. We will be talking expectations and what the new dynamics means for the East African common market. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. After three grueling years, the border point of Gatuna between Uganda and Rwanda has been opened. This is a significant shift that has huge economic impact on both countries and also a huge lesson on how much of an impact politics has on economics of not just sovereign countries, but communities like the East African community. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Isaac Shinyekwa from the Economic Policy Research Center to discuss the thawing of relations between these two countries. Which sectors were hardest hit by this closure? Um, of course, uh, the effect, first of all, um, it is the service sector that, that deals with trade. Uh, that was uh, the export imports between the two countries that were affected. And you should also know that uh, we were serving a lot of food to, to Rwanda. So that means that uh, those who are selling foodstuffs to that country actually uh, suffered quite a lot. The transport sector, because we had buses moving between the two countries, uh, that one was also um, uh, terribly affected. But generally, we were doing up to around $180 million of exports to Rwanda. And I think that significantly came down to a tumbling down at one time I checked the figures were about I think less than 20 million and that's not very good of course we're selling um, other manufactured products to that country apart from agriculture food processing of course we were selling uh, at one time we're selling um, steel products we're selling cement now all those were badly affected because of the closure of the border but I can assure you the common man in Kigezi and the Chisoro who would run across and sell stuff and then come back was deeply and deeply affected. Uganda and Rwanda enjoyed trade levels of up to $200 million in exports before the border closure. How long will it take for trade between the two to normalize and get back to that level? As long as the political relationship has normalized, we'll be on the right track because what you are hearing what you're reading in the press is that there's talking taking place, all right? There's a promise, of course, to open. All these are indicators that things are getting from Now, that duration will determine if, uh, if it's not going to be immediate. So the moment that happens, then we look at agricultural products. These ones are easy, they are seasonal, so you're not going to talk about immediate If you have harvest season, well and good. But if you are going to plant, then it's going to take a, a bit of time. So you are looking at um, uh, maybe six months to one year. That's when we shall say, okay, we are now getting back normal to do the competition. But it's not going to be immediate that everything goes back to normal, like you switch on and switch off. No. Uh, manufacturers have response lines, all right? Mm. Um, uh, uh, transporters who are maybe given up on that route have response lines. And then he, I, I mean, you're talking about a response lag of three months, first, then six months. And then he, by the end of the year, perhaps we'll have gotten back. But I can assure you, 
the export value uh, will not immediately peak to what it was before. You take away maybe two years. Were there any positives that came from this closure? Yeah, I mean, uh, they say whenever there's a cloud, there's a silver lining. That's what they say. Um, you can turn something that was bad into something good. What did we learn? We learned that uh, we don't take relations for granted. Even uh, the best of our friends, we can quarrel, we can have challenges. And uh, therefore, uh, Uganda, we call it import replacement. That's how we are calling it in Uganda. It's the policy. We are thinking of how to do to be self-sufficient. Actually, there are two factors. Both the COVID and this one uh, have taught us that we need to think. We need to think, not take for granted. If you have a, a marketing key, you have seen what has happened with sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what has happened with milk to Kenya. So we are thinking, even within the ESC, we are not taking anything for granted. So the positive element is that we need to think about self-sufficient. Two years is a long time and the trading dynamics have changed. Will this new change of relations change the newfound dynamic? But Tanzania has benefited in the sense that they have increased the exports. I was analyzing data. They have increased the exports to Rwanda because of what uh, had happened. So the dynamics are, maybe the, you know when you, I don't know how to put it, if, if you, when you get married, when, mm-hmm. when you are related, you you know, you, you, you promise air, you promise the best to each other. When you leave other one group, that's when you discover, hey, but this one doesn't um, wake up early. This one doesn't prepare breakfast. This one doesn't do this. This one comes home with this. So you begin to notice a few things. So in this relationship with the ESC, these are difficult but healthy relationships. In a sense that now, once we go over this, we know how to handle this in the world. In the future. So the dynamics change, and I can assure you, once the Congo are on board, we, we are going to sell a lot of exports into the DRC. Why? It's, what, it's the biggest destination of our exports. So when they come in and reduce the tariffs along the borders, actually it's a market for us, because they are not yet producing for us to buy from them. They, of course, they have timber and others, but largely that's the market for us. So the dynamics are going to change. And I think also our politicians will learn lessons on how to handle issues. Do we need to take two years quarreling and uh, even the summits can't be held because we are not in agreement? Or we can find amicable, mutual solutions in a very fast, very fast way. So, like you say, yes, the dynamics uh, are likely to affect but positive. That was Dr. Isaac Shinyekwa from the Economic Policy Research Center. And a quick review of other stories making it into the podcast. Eswatini food insecurity could further threaten fiscal outlook. According to the Integrated Food Security Phase Classification, IPC's latest report, food insecurity in Eswatini is both severe and rising. Specifically, the IPC estimates that around 336,000 people, representing about 29% of the population, could be acutely food insecure by March 2022 and in urgent need of humanitarian assistance. A further 376,000 people may require livelihood support, which suggests that around 64% of the population can be deemed food insecure. Several factors have been have contributed to the escalation in food insecurity, including sharply rising unemployment and lower disposable income, the protracted adverse impacts of the measures intended to contain the COVID-19 pandemic, the higher food prices. Additionally, the widespread social political unrest in 2021 entailed the destruction of infrastructure 
and businesses in urban and peri-urban areas that otherwise would have supplied food to rural and urban locales. Eswatini also experienced drought towards the end of 2020 and flooding in 2021, which resulted in damage to crops and inferior agriculture yields. An added consideration is pressure on remittance receipts from migrant workers in neighboring countries, which is often used to purchase agriculture inputs and fertilizers for small-scale farming. The National Bank of Angola kept its benchmark policy rate at 20% during its latest meeting in 2022. The decision is aimed at continuing support to the domestic recovery in the context of persistent inflationary pressures. The annual inflation rate climbed for the ninth straight month to 23.03% in December of 2021, its highest level since July of 2017. Meanwhile, the economy advanced by 0.8% year-on-year. In the third quarter of 2021, the first expansion since the last quarter of 2018, following nine consecutive quarters of declines. And a quick look at the markets. Airtel Africa has been admitted to the FTSC 100 effective today, Monday, January 31st. FST Russell is a subsidiary of the London Stock Exchange Group that produces, maintains, licenses and markets stock market indices. The division is notable for FST 100 index, Russell 2000 index, among other indices. FSG Russell made the announcement on Friday. The group floated on the London Stock Exchange in June 2019 and has since recorded significant growth in its customer base, revenues, profits, margins and cash generation, as well as strengthening its balance sheet to reduce leverage. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product for K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com, and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial, and you can find me at The Dome.